Welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show, the world's finest equestrian podcast, with your host, Alicia Railing. Hello, and welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show, where we interview brilliant equestrians from around the world to learn more about their personal journey and what it takes to be an elite equestrian. Hello and welcome to the Jackson and Barry podcast. Today I am here at Equitana 2017 in Essen, Germany, and joining me today is Ingrid Klimka. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Could you just give our audience a brief introduction to your career in life up to this point? It's pretty epic, I think. I just grew up with the very best trainer and father of the world, my father, Dr. Rainer Klimke, and so from youth on, the virus horse and the fascination of the horse was in my blood, and uh, so I'm very privileged that the classical training was for me just normal, every day's work, and I try to follow the footprints and um, show people or demonstrate how you school horses in the classical way with joy and fun and keep them like friends. Excellent. And you compete in dressage, jumping and eventing? Yes, that's true. And it's really fun because uh, I love to ride and it's always a challenge. My biggest successes were in the, are in the eventing. But I also hope that one day maybe a dressage star will be born or made from me. And whenever I have a weekend off, I just love to jump because also jumping is one of my favorites. So I've been following you for a little while and I remember as a child watching, uh, or young person, watching videos of your father, you know, training the young horses and stuff in dressage on, on videotape. But uh, and I also remember um, the horse Damon Hill, when you were competing him in the Young Horse Championships, he was also show jumping at the same time. Is that right? Yes, he was a breeding stallion and um, his owner said we must um, show the breeders that he can jump. So that's why he also won some jumping classes and we jumped him also quite high for some pictures and he loved to jump and he also loved to go to the hill work and just do a variety of training to keep his fitness and so I had the privilege to have him from th three years old and school him for six years and when he was nine uh, we already won Grand Prix so for me it was a horse of my lifetime too. That's fantastic. And a number of years, about four or five years ago, I was in Munster and you were competing. And I don't know if you remember, but you were just coming into the ring and a fellow stood up and sort of shouted something. And at the time I didn't speak any German. And I don't know if you remember that moment or what he said. Not really. Was it uh, at the Munster show in, um, in front of the castle? Was I? It was the indoor one. Indo one. Ah, it's okay. I remember him shouting something. And I was like, "Oh, who's that?" And you were just getting in to ride your test, and he shouted something. But then everybody clapped afterwards, so I assume it was good. I always, I really love to compete, but I'm not very nervous. I must say. I mean, for me, it's a routine now after so many years, and I really love to compete. So sometimes people come and say, "Oh, I think you're really nervous," or if it's a big competition, they think they must uh, not speak to me anymore, or they think I would like to be alone. I said, "Not at all." because I love what I do. I'm, I'm, I have good nerves and so for me it's fun to do it and not that I'm two days not sleeping while I'm competing. <laughs> Most excellent. Do you have um, a philosophy of how you live your life and how you train your horses or separate both? I think the first important thing is that uh, I really say I love what I do and I do what I love. And I'm privileged to have choices 
what means I must set priorities and say this is exactly what I want to do and I must manage my time because you can't do everything even if you wish <laughs> so I learned to also say no even if it's hard and focus on the things which are important for me so for example in the morning when the kids are in school this is my time for riding I shut my phone off and write and love to ride and focus on the horses. Then at lunchtime I'm at home and I'm there for the kids. So I try to um, help them with the schoolwork. We have uh, lunch together and then we do our afternoons and really make sure that what you do, you are there. And not try to do everything, but then you feel you did nothing because you were not with your heart there and with your soul and you are not there where you are. I think that's the most important thing. And sometimes it's hard to say no because you uh, you would like to do it. But um, if you do it and then you run faster in your rabbit <laughs> uh, cage and uh, it doesn't bring you any joy, you can't live it, do it forever. That's a good advice and a good uh, philosophy, I think. So the horse business can have its ups and downs. I was wondering if you could share with us a really challenging moment that you've had and how um, the, the events that led up to the challenge and how you overcame it. The ups and downs, for sure, there are some successes um, where you gave it all and were really, you had a fantastic ride and you deserved a medal for it and you were really thrilled on the moon. But the um, downs is for sure always if a horse is injured or if a horse is sick and you tried it all and gave it all but you can't help it and must accept that um, you lose a horse or you must really send it earlier um, to retire than you wish. Uh, sometimes myself, I was also injured and had to live with um, surgeries or with uh, hospitals where you think um, it was a very hard time. But afterwards, you get over it and then you even um, worship more when you are healthy, when your family and friends are healthy and your horses are healthy. I think this is the most important thing. All other things you can do and find a solution to solve it. But if you are not healthy, you can't do it. And when you have a problem that you run into, how? what's your mental talk? Like, how do you come out of it the other side, positive, and you want to keep trying? First of all, you must always say um, the bottle is half full and not half empty. And always try to see or realize it's now it is like it is. You can't help it or you can't think... Uh, lose your uh, mind with thinking why does it happen and why does it happen to me and why, why, why. Now it's here and we must look forward and see how can we solve it. What can we do now to find a solution to get out of the situation and uh, then step by step try to, to get yourself out. You can't wait for somebody who's rescue yourself. You have to do it yourself. You must find out and you must make yourself happy and um, can't wait that somebody comes and rescues you from something. That's fair. What is something that you're really excited about right now? The show tonight. <laughs> 5,000 people sold out. My first big show. It's not a seminar where I can take all my time to explain all my things. And there's quite much I would love to explain. And now try to have a shortcut of just show only small pieces. One piece, 12 minutes, the next piece, 12 minutes. And be a little bit 
rushed or run or hopefully not run <laughs> but feel <laughs> but I must say um, it's the really a challenge only possible because I have a wonderful team behind me and they all worked hard to get all this going so um, it was fun and it's it's excitement <laughs> I said it's easier than to compete because then I'm I'm with my horse and I don't know if there are five or ten or five people <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> challenge <laughs> that's gonna be exciting tonight yeah. what's the best advice you've ever been given the best advice is um, I would think you have to um, I must start, try to translate you have to accept the things which you cannot change and you have to change the ch the things you can do. And um, this is the one thing that you really realize you can do it and what you can do and what not. On the other hand, I think the also a big advice is open your heart, spread your wings and fly. But you can do it. And you have to live with your heart and also follow your intuition and follow your your inner spirit. And um, sometimes I'm also a thinker and make our worries and think forth and back. And then I said, shut your eyes and really close. And the horses are the perfect mirror for that. Because when you are not with the horse, the horse is also strange <laughs> and can't figure out what is she doing. <laughs> so if you want to um, be with your horse in, in great harmony and partnership, then you must forget everything else and feel. That's why I love to be with horses, because otherwise I would be a warrior. They're awfully good for that. What does the first 60 minutes of your day normally look like? First 60 minutes? Wake up, first thing, take a milk coffee. Coffee <laughs> with lots of milk. <laughs> then... <laughs> Um, in the normal day, everybody is sleeping. I'm happy that it's really quiet. <laughs> it's very early. <laughs> Everything's dark outside. Nobody's awake, just me. So I can focus on some things which were in the evening before not possible because I was too tired and <laughs> too many questions from everywhere. And then I uh, can take my brain and figure out something what I really wanted to think about. And uh, the next thing is that the kids come and say, oh, mommy, I'm waking up. So then we start, okay, is everybody ready? Where are my clothes? Where am I? Uh, have breakfast together. And then everybody leaves to school. I'm leaving to the horses. And yeah, I would say 60 minutes later, I sit on my first horse. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And do you journal or meditate or anything out of curiosity? Journal or meditate. Um, what I do is on big shows or I really go in my lorry, shut everything and go through the whole thing that I really know what happens if. I don't only play the role of every world is perfect, everything went out well. I play more the role in saying what happens if. So I hope that then if there is the oh shit position <laughs> necessary, it's there. <laughs> Uh, excellent. Do you have one quick fix that if we take to the stable tonight when we're riding um, that could make us a better rider today? One big fix. One, a quick fix means a quick, uh, one quick fix. Of, um, uh, yeah, quick fix or exercise or tip on how we can improve our riding. 
I think that's the same thing that you say. First of all, ask yourself, what can I do better? Second, really open your heart and listen to your horse. That's great. Is there a book, of course, your books, um, that you think everybody should read? Yes, that's the book Alerich from my father, because there he explains the, his um, way uh, from Alerich when he got him till he was the Olympic goldness. And he wrote it in the evening on his desk. And it's very much his language. It's very funny because it's really the daily training. And uh, I really love it. I'm going to look that one up. It sounds like it's a good one. Yes, it's a really good one. What is one thing about riding that you wished you learned earlier? Jumping. <laughs> no jumping, but pure jumping. I think the pure jumping sport is uh, different. What we had to do in the event is, um, is something, is not high-level jumping, but I think if you want to become a pure jumper, you have to really jump also... Many horses have many competitions, have good horses, which give you the feeling of quality jumping, high jumping. And um, I still love to jump and uh, do win some S classes, yes, but I feel like I'm still a very local rider. <laughs> and <laughs> if I would have had the chances in my youth, have quality jumpers, maybe I would have ended up in the jumping, but now it's too late. So. <laughs> Is there a basic exercise for horses that you fall back on? Always half off. Because uh, if you think of you would like to have a horse which is, has a willingness to go forward from invisible aids, then there's one important um, exercise what means half halt. To ride a proper half halt out of your seat means seat first, then leg, then hand. And this three together in such a way of that you only think and the horses already start to react. That's what makes it a real pleasure because then nobody sees your half halt but the horses feels it and does it. And um, if there's a big problem, nothing works out, then I go back on my circle and do walk-trot transitions. Trot, walk, trot, walk, trot, walk until I feel now he's listening again. Now he is through again because the hindquarters are under the center of gravity. He gives in again. No draw reins, no other bits, no miracles, new miracle things which maybe can help. I think it's the basic work coming back to the basics. And in a successful half halt, what are you feeling in the saddle from the horse? I feel that my horses is coming under the center of gravity. It is sitting more on his hind legs. It's free of the shoulder. It's away from my hand. It's carrying himself in self-carriage. And what is your seat doing? I feel like I breathe. I sit a little bit deeper, but not with my upper body back. Just more deeper feel into my horse. Then both his legs with the inside flat weight are on the horse's body, on the horse's tummy, giving a little bit of an impulsion forward and then my fists close and right away give again. And my horse is just is more underneath, more under the center of gravity and gives in, it's true. What means it's not leaning on the bit and carrying himself alone, not I carry his head with my hands. So after that, how many pounds or how many kilos would you have in your hands or grams? Nothing. I can give and the horse is carrying himself. That's the aim. 
Excellent. Thanks for clarifying that. I've yes, had yes. some questions. So. Uh, important. I mean, it's always everybody, how, how do you give the half halfold if you speak of a half halfold? So I hope tonight I can explain it. Good, good. I think I, think I might be on the right track too, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what is your strength as a teacher? I try to feel in my pupil. What means I also was a pupil, I also was writing in seminars and I know that sometimes you are very excited or you try and try and you just can't make it. Then if the teacher starts losing his nerves while the pupil is not able to do it, then the whole thing is getting horrible. So then you must be really quiet, really think, really write with your pupil to find a solution and not be mad at your pupil while he is not doing it and uh, then it will not work at all. Excellent. Okay, our last question. Imagine you wake up one morning and you are a 17-year-old working student. You have a place to live, your food and basic needs are all met. You have all the knowledge you have now, but you don't have a horse, you don't know anybody and you only have 500 euros. How would you start your new life? <sighs> All my knowledge. I would do exactly what I do today. I would take the 500, um, see that I have a nice horse, and go out and ride. Excellent. So thank you so much, Ingrid, for joining us on the podcast. It's just fun. Cross the fingers and enjoy your life. Thank you very much for your time. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Jackson and Barry show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. If you're looking for more podcasts, the Jackson and Barry community or the world famous Jackson and Barry equestrian charms, please visit our website at www.jackson with an X and Barry.com. That's J A X S O N A N D B E R R Y.com or jo join our community on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us. And remember, keep the leather side up.